Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Show. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing, if you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do, or if you're a homeschool mama looking for community, connection, and encouragement, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com, and I'm here to encourage you that you can reframe your challenges and maybe even turn them into charms. So welcome, Homeschool Mama. Today, I get to introduce you to Gabe Cox. Gabe Cox is a faith-based author, podcaster, coach, and the founder of Red Hot Mindset. Her mission is to help you step into the fire of refinement so you can come out stronger and crush your goals God's way. She does this by helping you overcome limiting beliefs or mental barriers standing in the way of your goals. She holds you accountable to get done what you want each week and helps you simplify your game plan so you can work it around your everyday life. She used the success principles and mental training outlined in her book, Mind Over Marathon, Overcoming Mental Barriers in the Race of Life, to achieve bids to the 2016 and 2020 Boston Marathons. She continues to use these principles as she strives toward new goals, raising a family, and mentoring others. Welcome, Gabe. I want to thank you for joining me again on this podcast and, you know, really just bringing your heart, bringing your vulnerability, your honest stories, because you've got, I'm reading through your bio again, and I'm reminded of, wow, you've got so much to offer people to encourage them because you've been there, you've had the challenges. Even, even you had said that you had, um, you were part of a marathon, you broke, was it, you broke your ankle? Mm-hmm. Yep. I broke my ankle pretty bad a couple of years ago. I'm presently in a um, stability boot with crutches. I haven't broken it, but I pulled a ligament really bad and oh. that's about a week ago. And I've done this a few times too. I hope to do a marathon one day just because I'm so eager to exercise, but I can identify with that. And I think sometimes when we've had similar challenging experiences, we really identify with the people that we're engaging or the people we're trying to encourage. But before I go any further, so that everyone gets to know who you are, would you share a little bit about how you came to homeschooling and where you're at in homeschooling right now? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Gabe Cox and I have three boys. So 13, 11 and six. And we've actually been homeschooling the whole time. So it's, I think I'm in my ninth year. My oldest is eighth grade, but I have to tell you this year, we actually made a decision. I always say we're taking homeschooling year by year, but we did end up making a decision to put my youngest into a charter school this second half because they went in person. And um, we actually just moved from Minnesota to Colorado this past May, right in the middle of the shutdowns. So that was crazy. But, uh, my youngest didn't really have an outlet and he broke his arm in September and wasn't able to participate in wrestling and meet people. So I just felt like he needed something and he is loving it. So I'm like, Oh no, what if I don't get to bring him home again? (laughs) But, uh, but anyway, but we started our journey nine years ago, really not thinking I'm one of those uh, abnormal (laughs) homeschool moms. Cause I was like, I'm never going to homeschool. I don't want to do it. I'm not patient. I am not a teacher by trade. This sounds so bad. I mean, probably all the selfish things going on in my head, but 
we knew when uh, my oldest was going into kindergarten age, we knew we wanted to do something different. We knew we were being called out of public school and we didn't really have the funds for private school. So I kind of went and my mentor at the time was homeschooling. So I picked her brain and decided it might be something we needed to give a try. And I'd have to say, I mean, every day, I probably every day we were like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Or we have our little mini yes. breakdowns, right? But yeah, I would say, I'm so glad we made that decision. And it's been a blessing for our family. So it is, there's so many freedoms, but sometimes I feel like I have to make that decision impromptu randomly throughout the years and it really does I don't know there's a variety of reasons why it can happen right I find though most people are most concerned about homeschool academics if you're in the homeschool world or if you're not in the homeschool world they're asking about socialization but I think the hardest thing is actually being with your kids and dealing with sometimes with their conflict or their, you know, the complaining or really even your reaction to all of that stuff. That's the hard part. The other stuff is actually kind of fun. The social angle, not a concern at all. Yeah, I would agree because I mean, I, I'm also a working mom. So I've kind of done that my whole time too. So I've always been working. I've always homeschooled. But one of the things like, yes, when I wasn't with them, when I was working, um, now I don't work outside of the house, but when I was, I wasn't with them, but I was with other people. So it was like, I never, ever had time to myself right? and I still am that way. And so it is kind of difficult when you're all together almost all the time and you're trying to figure out what, what this learning thing is and, and how to deal with each other's personalities and emotions and uh, learning skills and styles and all of the things. It's, it's pretty, pretty crazy journey, but. I would say it's definitely um, a blessing, though. Like, we learn so much about ourselves along with our kids that it's just nothing like it. So what have you learned along the way? Tell me where you got from um, that place of, wow, this is a lot. And I think you said hitting the wall or just realizing that, no, I don't know if I want to do this. But And going to this place or being at this place where you actually appreciate it and are thankful for it and are glad you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I've learned so many things. Uh, one of the things I've learned is that I don't have to be feel capable in order to do it. And I think a lot of times we don't do like, not even just homeschool, but we don't go after our goals or we don't go after things because we just don't feel capable uh, or worthy or like, well, I don't know enough or I'm not good enough or all of these things. And really when you're called to something, it doesn't matter because what I've learned is that God, what is it that's uh, a big famous saying is God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And so if you're called, I don't say, don't homeschool if you're not called to it. It is hard. But when you're called to it, then knowing you're, you're probably, unless you're a teacher by trade, it's probably not the first thing you wanted to do. But knowing that even if you don't feel capable of it, um, you will get the tools and resources that you need. And that's where community comes in. I've learned that I need to be willing to ask for help. And I think that's a huge thing in the mama world because we want to be able to be super mom and not have, we want to be able to do it all on our own and not have to feel like, or look like we're struggling because we look at everyone else and they, they all look like the perfect mom, you know, with the happy kids, because we see the good. We don't see the, what's all going on behind the scenes. And we don't, we feel guilty if we need help. 
And I've learned, especially with, because I was working full time, I was working in the restaurant management 60 hours a week, 60 plus sometimes, along with homeschooling for a time for uh, probably a year and a half, two years. Mm. Um, Yeah. And I, and I also was in charge of a mom's program at the time. And coordinating that and doing a bunch of other things. I was in too many things. My hands were in too many pots, but what I learned in that season is I had to learn how to delegate. I had to learn to be able to ask for help. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned in homeschooling is that I don't have to do it all. And I don't have to know how to do it all. I just have to be willing to learn as well. So how did you get to that place? Uh, I think I, uh, probably a mental breakdown. Okay. Well, <laughs> because, honestly, I mean, when you, when you overexert yourself uh, and I've done that many times in many of my years, because I just, I feel like, oh, this needs to get done. I'm good at that. I can do it. And I just keep adding to my plate instead of going and looking at and focusing and saying, what is most important right now? What season am I in and what am I capable of? And, um, and so I've, I mean, I did, I, there were times when I just, I couldn't do anything. Cause I was just uh, almost going back into, cause I've, I've dealt with depression when I was in college, I went through a really severe depression, but it almost like starts putting you back in that place. And then you're like, Oh, this isn't good. What do I do? And I started, I think, uh, in my personal development journey and uh, working on my mindset and different things, I've started to understand when those triggers come. Mm-hmm. And that's what the biggest thing is that I did. I learned what those triggers were. And I also learned um, some tools or different things to do when they come. And one of those things, honestly, um, when I broke my ankle a couple years ago, I honestly think that was God saying, stop. Yeah. Yeah. I can identify. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I almost was still, I was in the process of wanting to simplify and trying to understand what that meant and trying to get out of certain roles, but I, I wasn't there. I was still holding on to things I shouldn't have been holding on to. And when I broke my ankle and I literally couldn't do anything, it was like, God said, you got to rely on me and stop relying on yourself and stop thinking that you can be everything to everybody because you can't. Right. Yeah. You just have to be excellent in the things that I call you to. And I actually identify with what you're saying, also a boundary issue Mm -hmm. that we don't always establish boundaries for the purpose of what do I need, especially as homeschool moms, just like you're saying, we're wanting to take care of the kids, do all the things we want to be independent. The fact that we're homeschooling says that we must be independent to Mm -hmm. some extent. And then we're doing all these things. And then like you, I had a similar experience in that I realized I can't do everything. I actually am exhausted. I need to figure out what I need as well. But I find as I am experiencing right now, I don't have a broken ankle, but I am in the place of I can't do the things I was doing before. Okay, wait, let's just refocus. What's what am I really here for? Like, what am I really doing all of this for? And am I expending myself in all these different directions in a way that isn't necessarily benefiting me? So those moments that put you at a stop, whatever Mm -hmm. reasons they are, they do, they are bittersweet. They definitely get you to refocus or reimagine how you're going to do things next. So it's useful, but Mm -hmm. I call that a boundary. It's almost um, a boundary for you. And sometimes people will... um, some sometimes people will say, but what if you're not able to provide for what your kids want or what they need? And though it looks in some ways authoritarian, it is, listen, I start here 
you or I end here, you start here. I can't do everything for you all the time. So I need you to learn how to do this on your own. Or when I say no, we can't do that. Or no, you can't engage like that. It looks authoritarian. And I know that has a negative flavor for some people. But on the other hand, it's a boundary for you to say, no, this is how we don't engage, or this is how we do, or this is what I need you to do. And it actually helps you as a homeschool mom in so many possible ways, depending on what the boundaries for. Yeah, I agree. I think boundaries are huge. Uh, even in the homeschool world, I think about, well, you know, there's the <laughs> condescending, well, how are they going to be socialized? Well, some moms, like we get fearful, oh, we have to make sure they're socialized. So we could be involved in something every day or involved in so many different extracurriculars or homeschool communities or all the things. And it's like, are you, are we overexerting ourselves? Are we not, are we causing these boundaries to be crossed? And not really taking care of our needs and our kids' needs because kids, they're overstimulated too often too. So we have to be willing to check ourselves here and there and say, what boundaries do I need to set? And, um, and what boundaries do my kids need? And is it okay for me to say no to them sometimes? Because right. I, I, I think I feel guilty of that a lot. I'm like, I don't want to. I want to bless them. I want them to have the fun and do all the things. But it, they need to learn how to hear no, <laughs> because they're going to hear it a lot in their adult life, right? And that's what we're doing. We're raising them to be adults. We're not raising them to be kids. And so- also be able to be um, accepting of the fact that everything doesn't always work out the way you want, which is really tricky. But COVID definitely taught us that because we went from like you were describing um, every day, some activity, and I was taking everybody everywhere at some point, almost every day. And then it just stopped, just full on stopped. And two of my three kids were like, great, this is fabulous. I don't have to go do these things. And I was like, what? I was spending all this time into driving and going to places and spending money and realizing they didn't actually really want to do it anyway. Yeah, because we think that's what they want. They want to be involved in all these things and we want them to have all these extra things. And then it's so cool though, that they, they said that to you and you would have probably never known that before because who, what are we going to do? Ask them, are you okay with all the things we're doing? Because they seem like it. It's just what you do. Right. And actually my oldest daughter that's at home um, didn't know that before she actually discovered that as time had gone by and she said, actually, I really like this. And my youngest who is, I think he's introvert. I don't know what he is exactly because he's very um, animated and entertaining when he is with people, but he always tells me, I don't want to go do something. And I'm like, yeah, but the socialization, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and even I, after this many years, and I know how to counter that argument and I'm still like, but wait, you need to be with as many kids as I would like to be with. You know, like if I was you, then I would like you to do as many things as I would have wanted at 12. But it turns out we're not the same. Mm-hmm. My husband, on the other hand, identifies with him and, and reassures me that, listen, he is fine. If he wants to do something, he will tell you. And that is true. He will tell me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been interesting. COVID put a stop to all of the busyness that we as homeschool families created, I guess, for ourselves. And then we learned what was a thing that we needed and what was a thing that we didn't need. Mm -hmm. So what other things did you learn or what other tools did you learn to start including you in your homeschool or to include you in your family life? So a few tools that I've learned. um, One of the tools is really 
for me, renewing my mind every day. And I mean, I'm big on mindset and things, but in order to be efficient in my homeschool for my kids, I knew that I needed to take the time to either to dive into the word and to have quiet time to journal or pray or just spend that alone time and really get good at being alone with my thoughts and what, uh, and it also helps me balance for the day. So I can tell the days that I don't do that. Almost like when I go running, cause running is kind of my thing too, that helps me balance. And it's my, get my, it's my outlet, get that energy going so I can be ready for the day. But when I don't do those things, we can tell I'm probably yes. a little bit more ornery, more <laughs> less patient because I'm already not patient, but less patient, which you don't want to see, uh, you know, become becoming like a mama bear. Like my boys will tell me, did you go on a run today? <laughs> you know, when they get irritated or whatnot, but I can tell renewing my mind is super big. And that means like really flushing out the negative, all the noise, because there's so much noise. And I think even this past year, we've, <laughs> we've all heard so much noise. This is good. This is bad. You're bad. If you're this, you're good. If you're this and you're, you know, there's so much division and noise and we can get so consumed by it. And so like, I don't know, just thwarted by it all. And so really taking that time to just dig deep and to say, no, that's not who I am. And to believe who I am on God's promises, that starts my day really, really well. And it actually helps our homeschool. What you just said about exercise, I'm reminded again, because I'm in this place where I haven't exercised Mm -hmm. for a week and I can feel it. So you're describing, I can't say I was a mama bear this morning, but I feel that same kind of energy and to top it off. And I'm going to say this on live, I'm premenstrual too. So Mm -hmm. through premenstrual, I've got a pulled ligament in my foot and I haven't exercised for a week. I need to exercise. And once upon a time, I had this notion about um, body image and that it had to be my body had to look a certain way. I had that fed in my family. I was taught that. And obviously, culture does a good job of that. But that you have to look a certain way. So I would associate exercise with that. It wasn't helpful. Because I think ultimately, yeah, there's a body image that you do, you know, sometimes you just don't feel comfortable in your body. And that has a discussion that there's a discussion there. But the more important thing is that your brain needs to burn off tension. And you, you do feel better when you exercise. So I just say it all over again, that exercise is so good. And I can't wait to run a marathon. Probably won't run a marathon, actually. I'm just looking forward to doing an hour of a walk every day again. That'll be amazing. And it really influences your homeschool, just like you said, because your kids know that you need to burn off tension. And so, mom, did you go for a run? Makes a lot of sense to me. Right. And I do think, too, it's helping be an example for our kids because I'm, I'm huge on that. I'm like, the, I don't want them looking past me to find their role models and to find their example. I want them to see it through me. And that comes with working on being healthy. Now, having a healthy um, look at body image and at health, because we can be extreme. And I've been there. I've been very extreme before and and, we're, and had to work through all of that. But it is, it's, they see us going after our own goals, make, taking time for ourselves, um, having some different passions, having date night with our husband and saying, it's not about you, it's about us, you know, and just different things like that and being that example. And I think exercise is one of those things because if we want them to be active, we have to be active. Right. 
And actually what you said as well about mindset, about being able to sit with your uncomfortable feelings. That's how I'm describing. That's what I, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what your exact words were, but really being able to sit with it. That is a practice because I know a lot of people that do not want to sit with their uncomfortable feelings because they would thank you very much not want to go there. They would just like to move past the past and let's go to the future. But I don't think that's a reality. I think we have to be able to sit with the uncomfortable stuff so that we can actually allow it to dissipate. I don't know why it is, but I find if I just sit with it, it feels less intense if I actually allow myself to feel it for a bit. Mm -hmm. I agree because I think it's a release that we need. And so I like to journal it all out. Like when I writing is a release for me. And so it might be different for others, like even just using a recording and speaking it out loud, uh, telling it to somebody, if you're not comfortable with that, writing it, but having, being real with yourself, real and raw and getting those emotions out almost makes you feel better already. And it helps you kind of, you can set it aside and move it to the past and kind of move into the present. But if you're not willing, if you hold those emotions or those raw feelings in, it's just going to kind of become almost an explosion later. And it's, it's learning how to do that and how to be willing to get uncomfortable with yourself for sure. Yeah. I was talking with a mom yesterday, actually, about something related, you know, a specific feeling she had that she sees on the regular. And I said, well, maybe that's what you need to do is actually once a day journal or stop yourself, schedule it into your iPhone or your, you know, alarm clock if they're, they exist anymore. But then in just once a day, get cued that you need to stop and ask yourself, how are you feeling? What's going on? And why are you feeling what you're feeling? And she said, well, I can't do it before bed or self fuss about it all night long. And I said, well, then don't do it before bed. Yeah. You know, then it's probably you want to do it in the middle of your homeschool day, like whenever that really intense part is your typical experience, like when you're trying to get everybody to do all the things at once and then schedule it and see where are you? What are you really feeling? Do that on the regular. And then you actually, you actually grow in your awareness of what you're about or what your emotional climate is. Mm, That's so true. So then if, if you choose a certain time of the day to regularly check in with yourself, then you begin to develop an awareness of your emotional climate I call it emotional climate because I really like the idea of the clouds in the sky notion that your feelings are clouds in the sky. And if you wait long enough, they'll pass. So it doesn't matter what our feelings are, they will pass. If you wait, if you don't expect that you're going to be consumed by this uncomfortable thing for the rest of your life, because you won't be if you're acknowledging and accepting that you really do have uncomfortable feelings. And it's okay if you're feeling angry with your child, or it's okay if you're feeling sad about something or lonely or literally any feeling at all. It's acceptable that you're feeling that way. Then you can also look underneath and say, is there maybe something that I'm not addressing? Maybe is there something that I need that I'm not giving myself or requiring others to give to me? And it's in that exploration that probably gives the most freedom to our homeschools in my experience, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the interior. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, ca- talking about feelings, 
feelings are so almost like schizophrenic. They change very, very swiftly. Like I, I, the analogy of being when you're mad at your kids and you're kind of like yelling or upset and then the phone rings and you answer it and you're like, hi, how are you? (laughs) Right. And so, and then your emotions go back to happy and, or when, yeah. And so it's kind of one of those things we can't, feelings aren't facts. We can't base our decisions off feelings, but feelings are real. So we need to be willing to address them and maybe find the root of what is the fact in this. Yeah, recognize that you're outside of them. That's the really interesting thing for me too. Um, Probably 15 years ago, that's where I started to recognize that. And it was a Dr. Daniel Amen book, a seminar that I'd gone to specifically of his. And he asked three questions about those uncomfortable feelings. What are you feeling? Is what you're feeling 100% true? Mm. Are you sure it's 100% true? And is there an alternative approach to the thought that's behind the feeling? Because there's always some narrative behind the feelings that we have. The feelings that we, I should clarify that the feelings I'm referring to are the ones that we have on repeat in the same context, like, you know, things related to our homeschooled kids. Mm-hmm. whatever anybody is thinking right now, when I say those words, whatever the first thoughts are that you have, those are probably the things that you're most preoccupied with right now. And that feeling you experience on the regular, what's the trigger for it? And if you're really sitting with it long enough, you can actually identify, okay, is there a need that I'm not meeting? Or is there something that I really need to address? Is there a boundary issue here? Yeah, probably. And so if we sit there long enough, we can determine that we're not controlled by our feelings. Like you're saying, we can be proactive, not reactive. We are separate from our feelings. We can actually change what's going on in our Mm -hmm. hearts. Yeah, it's so true. And sometimes a lot of times feelings come from like uh, negative or doubt or things. So especially with homeschools, a lot of, a lot of times I have those feelings, like I'm just not good enough to be their teacher. I'm not, I'm, I just can't do it or I don't have it all together. I'm not organized, those kinds of things. But uh, one of the ways I've found to, to address those feelings is when those lies come up, when they kind of creep in is to take them captive and to decide, is that true or is it a lie? And if it's a lie, then you need to rewire yourself and find the truth. I obviously, I like to do it through scripture. So I like to find um, promises and different things. And I will, because God's word doesn't lie. So it's truth. And so those lies, when I find them, I'll recounter them with a truth. But then I want to remember that because when that comes up again, I need to remind myself of the truth. And I think that's one of the ways that we can help um, our feelings and help adjust them to be truthful for us. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday, I released a podcast uh, about homeschool mama daily affirmations. And I said the same thing. It's a very long list, actually. And I cut it up into paragraphs for different days every morning with my my journaling and my quiet time. And it really is no magic sauce to say the thing that you know to be true. And yet, it reminds me again and again, how do you want to show up as a mom? It just reminds me of the truth of the things, my values, my goals in my homeschool and how I'm going to relate. And just like you're saying, truth, you know, scriptural truths is what I'm thinking aligning with what I theoretically value. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And yes, I value it because this is important to me, but is it actually manifesting in my thoughts and how I'm engaging things? And when you do speak those affirmations or you speak those scriptures, then it just reminds you again of this is what I believe. This is what I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Love it. The other thought, the other thought is that, uh, that I don't have a thought. It just, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Welcome to my reality. <laughs> I'm tempted to leave this in just to show how real it really is. <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> um, Red Hot Mindset. That is the name of your organization or your company. Tell me where you got that from. I can see how powerful it is and it speaks to everything we're talking about. But where did you come up with that? Yeah, it does. Uh, so the short end of it is I have red hair. So that kind of played into it. And in college, I formed, uh, well, redheads or brunettes and blondes had a lot of fun and redheads were always left out. So I made a red hot club and you had to have red hair to be a part of it. So I, yes, I was discriminatory. I'm sorry, but, um, but it was kind of fun. It was just for fun, but that's kind of where it started. And then the red hot really comes to the fact that when In order to overcome a struggle or in order to change, we have to be willing to step into the fire. And what I mean by that is that we step into what's called the fire of refinement. And a silversmith or a blacksmith, what they do is they put metal to the heat to transform it, to make it beautiful, to change it, to be useful. And that's what I see um, me being a guide for other women to be able to step into that fire and let God mold them and shape them into who he wants them to be so that they can come out stronger and they can crush their goals and they can be examples for their kids. So that's really what I do with Red Hot Mindset. And that's where the name came from. That is amazing. That really is amazing. I'm always having this conversation with um, a lot of people this year about the frustration about all the limitations and like you said, all the noise that's going on around the discussion of this year. And it feels like a lot and everybody's having a different story outside of that. They're experiencing it differently. And there's so many challenging stories on top of all of that. And I just am continually reminded, don't stay in the moment of, oh, this sucks or you fill in the blank for whatever word, but this is not the way that I want it, but it is growth. And Mm -hmm. that's the point I think of this whole thing is growth, growth, growth and homeschooling as a homeschool parent. I think, I don't know that there's another way you could create. No, there must be other ways to create real opportunity for parents to become stronger in themselves or grow in themselves than to become a homeschool parent. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh Yeah. We all know what you're signing up for. I think that we probably learn more than the kids do. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's capacity, like right from math, right to history, to absolutely everything and character building. Yes, very much character building because they see our our worst moments and uh, we probably bring the worst out in them, which is showing us, it's kind of reflecting us. So what we need to work on, right? And so, and since we're with them all the time, we see a lot more of it. <laughs> and Absolutely. So, yeah. So it is definitely growth. Yeah. I, I actually have been, uh, my oldest is in algebra this year, which I was good at algebra, but gosh, it's been years and I'm just, I'm struggling right alongside with him, but it's kind of fun because it brings back, oh, wow, I can do this. And this is kind of fun. And 
um, if we're, they, I think one of the things with our kids is if they see that we are finding a love of learning, they're going to be more apt to find a love of learning. If we make it a struggle, if we're like, oh my gosh, let's just get this done and let's rush through it because we just, there's so much other things we have to do, which I am very guilty of. Um, but when we do that, we make it look like, well, learning is just a nuisance and mm-hmm. just a thing that we have to do. And, but if we find the joy in it and we kind of, we get into it just like they do, then it just, it's, it brings more reward to it. And if they learn how to learn, then they can really learn anything. And isn't that one of the skills that we want as homeschool families? Well, I have to say I can do algebra, but I cannot do whatever geometrics parabola stuff that a couple of my girls are doing right now. Oh, yeah. lost. So luckily <laughs> they have other resources outside of me for sure. But yeah, that outside or that love of learning, I think that ties in with um, an idea of us as homeschool moms that at a certain point we have to accept that we have an identity outside of our homeschool mom role. And mm. when they watch us developing ourselves and continuing to learn and do different things, then they also are able to reflect back that love of learning or they're able to continue building, I should say, on that love of learning and see that that is a lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because, and even with homeschool, I'm trying to teach them what is, what are their passions? What are their giftings? And I try and bring that out in them and say, go do that. Like my, my oldest is really into video editing. He actually edits my podcasts now. I pay him very little um, and he thinks it's great. So, and I, it's a win-win for me, but it gives him, he's developing a skill and he loves it. And he doesn't realize that it's actually learning. He is learning in the process. Um, and he's taking something that he didn't know how to do and he's figuring out how to do it himself and how to be better at it. And I think that learning goes way deeper than just textbooks and the traditional learning. There's so many things that we can do with it and we can expand it and we can just help them find that joy in their passions. Just like we need to find that in us um, and why it's important for us to use our passions to be like, for me, it's important for me to run and to be able to do my marathons and do the things because I want them to see that when you become an adult, it doesn't mean that you're in a boring mundane life. It means that you can, you get to experience things even more and you can just take those passions and do something with them and don't feel like you have to set them all aside when you have a family. Because you are teaching, you are their first example. You are teaching them how to live and how to live well. Absolutely. Yeah, I I feel like I was one of those moms that came into motherhood as this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And it is. And I enjoy it very much. And I see all the freedoms and I want to affirm moms that are doing the mothering thing by Mm. choice. And at the same time, the thing is with motherhood, it has an end time. And no, I don't mean that when they're 18, then you just let them go and do their own thing. It doesn't matter anymore. But your role shifts dramatically at a certain point. Maybe I won't put an an actual age on it. But Mm -hmm. at a certain point, they really aren't as dependent on you. So then who are you then? And what are you doing then? You Mm -hmm. have to actually, I would suggest at a certain point, it's actually favorable for you and your kids when you start developing your identity outside of the homeschool mom role, 
even if it's just 15 minutes a week, but starting to really explore who are you outside of this role and allow it to grow as it feels natural to you. And even your kids, just like we're saying, we're developing this lifelong learning thing. We're living it out in front of them. And then they're absorbing it and recognizing that they are all these different things as well, as well as mom or dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because And I think that's uh, true also in our relationship as husband and wife, like in order to be able to cultivate that relationship, we need to actually spend time together and make that a priority because when the kids are gone, (laughs) we have to, we have to like each other. We have to know each other. And if we're not willing to spend time while the kids are there, um, we'll be more likely roommates later. And so, and showing them that that's a priority. And I think, being a mom is such a wonderful, like I am honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to be flat out honest. I didn't plan on being a mom. I was all about being independent. I had my life planned out and it didn't happen that way, which I don't know whose life has planned out (laughs) the way, you know, panned out the way that they planned. Um, but, and I did put my, my dreams essentially on the shelf when I became a mom, because I thought I had to. I thought I had to sacrifice everything. I do think there's seasons where we need to focus in on our kids. Like they need us, right? They need us to change their diapers and to feed them. And I feel like they need us even more as they grow um, for conversation and just for mentorship and different things like that. But I learned along the way that I didn't have to choose. Mm -hmm. Like I was able to have dreams of my own and still be a good mom. Because that was my fear. I was like, I'm going to be a bad mom if I don't, if I just, if I don't just focus on them. But there's so many um, capacities that we have, so many different hats that we do have to play. That just because you're not spending all your day with them doesn't mean you're not a good mom. Right? Yeah. You are a good mom. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was one of the major things that I've learned throughout. I guess my 13 years now. <laughs> there was a mom this morning um, that. I had been, or I was asked by a mom this morning, she has, her youngest child is two. And she said, this child won't let her have any quiet time. Mm -hmm. I was like, Ooh, tricky one, two-year-olds tricky. That is hard to create a boundary with a two-year-old because they have genuine needs. They don't have a sense of independence. Well, Maybe they're very independent, but they are definitely requiring a lot from you. And they're not saying, hey, mom, would you like some quiet time right now? What would you say to that mom? How does she find a place for herself? I think uh, knowing what season we're in, because Mm -hmm. the thing about it is we are not the season we're in. Like, that's not who we are. But sometimes we are in hard seasons. And I would say a mom of a two-year-old is a hard season. Because you, they're still, they still can't really, they're not independent. You can't leave them alone. Um, well, you could, but if they're anything like my <laughs> littlest, exactly. you'll make a disaster and be, yeah. I always, I always tell people that um, God blessed me with Gavin so that I could have empathy on every other mother. <laughs> has done everything in the book plus some. And um, now I understand, I can understand. But I think it's the, knowing what season we're in, and knowing what we're capable of in that season, because you may not, there are seasons where I didn't have a long time either. And I get up now, I get up early, like I'm up between 4.30 and 5.30 in the morning. So I can have some time to myself. 
but if you're in a season with a baby or with a two-year-old who probably still crawls in the bed with you, you might not be able to have that opportunity. So I think it's finding the ways that you could have that opportunity. Maybe it's even, if it's nice out, go on a walk with them and throw some music in your ear or have your thoughts because if they like walking, you know, but they might enjoy being in the stroller, but then you still get that 10 minutes of almost freedom because they're strapped in, they're safe, and you can still be alone with your thoughts. Um, But it's, it's finding those sweet times. Like with my, my youngest, when he was a baby and he got up at like five in the morning for feedings, I would sit there and do my quiet time while he's eating. And it was my favorite little time we were snuggling and I got to read and do the things I loved. Um, But it's finding what works for you. But knowing every season is different. And some seasons we get less alone time. Some seasons we get less time for self-care or for things because that's just where we are. But this too will pass. And you will be able to add more and do more later. And I think, I don't know if that's encouraging, but it is pretty true. And so just finding those little pockets, when you get a chance, don't say no, say yes to yourself and take that chance. The last time we spoke, we spoke about limiting beliefs and mm. had a really good conversation with, um, a, you know, a discussion about that. What would you say that you're most challenged by in your limiting beliefs? I think... For me, the biggest limiting belief I usually have is, um, can I do it? Am I capable? And to be honest, I don't think that we are fully capable to do most things on our own. <laughs> um, I, but I do think that we can do things. So, but I struggle, I've struggled with that many times with the doubts of, um, is anybody going to care? about what I'm saying, does it matter? Does what I'm doing matter? And that's probably one of the bigger things because I think when you're passionate about something and you feel like it's a message that you're supposed to share, you wonder if anyone's going to listen or you know there's going to be negative. People aren't going to always like you. Like That's just the thing that you have to know is that not everybody's going to like you or what you do or what you say. Are you okay with that? And I'm a people pleaser by by nature. And so I don't like that part of the job, I guess. So I, it's reminding myself that that negative is going to come or people are going to say no or all these things. And it's okay. And it's not a personal attack and don't yeah. take offense. Those are probably the biggest things I struggle with. And I would say a lot of moms or a lot of women struggle with that. Especially the one, can I do this? Like this year, so many homeschool, new homeschool families. And they're like, can I do this? And of course, we have been around long enough. So we go, of course, you can do this. No problem. But you, they actually need to learn in themselves and be able to look into their children's eyes and say, am I really doing the right thing by you and be certain of it? What would you say to those moms? And I think also it's like, don't compare the one thing I have two things, probably one of the things is don't compare yourself to any other homeschool mom, because uh, you could find all these Pinterest moms who are really good at what they do. And they come up with all these crafts and ways to make things fun. I'm not that mom. (laughs) I every once in a while, but I am not that. And so if I compared myself to them, I would be in trouble because I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I'm not doing it right. I'm not spending enough time. I'm not doing enough of this or that. And the comparison game is so real. So that would be my first thing. Don't compare yourself to someone else and what their skills they have, because your kids are different. 
their learning styles are different. Some of them might like the artsy things and some of them might be like, I just like doing the thing, you know? And so it's learning those things. And I think that's one of the things, one of the reasons that people struggle with the idea of, can I do this? Because they see one, they look at traditional school and what's thought of like, I need a desk and I need a homeschool room and I need all these things. You don't, you just need to start. And I'll, I, we are usually in our living room or at our kitchen table. I don't have a designated home. I've tried it. It doesn't work for us. Some I have one and I it. don't use it for that purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just becomes a storage or whatever. And the greenhouse so, at present. And I do a lot of recording for courses that in that room. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. So, but yeah, so it's just don't compare yourself and just do your thing and keep doing it until you feel like you're not supposed to do it anymore. And the other thing, the second thing I would say, uh, and this is something I learned from a homeschool mom. Um, she owns a homeschool book curriculum store in Minnesota. And when I started homeschooling, I went there to look for some programs or some things to do. And she sat me down and she said, one of the things that I, I remember, like one of the only things I remember it early on, but she said, what is it that you really want your kids to know before they graduate? Nice. Her tip was write down the 10 things that you want to instill in them. And then when you are struggling on the days that you're having a bad day, take that back out and read it and say, okay. And honestly, on my 10, none of it says math or <laughs> science or any of that. It doesn't. It's like, character skills and life skills and They're all these figure things. out the rest and we know they'll figure out the rest yeah and guess what if you have a bad day stop schooling right and just have a day off it's okay that's the beauty of homeschooling we don't have to do it traditionally we can we can school on saturday if we want we can take a day off we can take a week off and it's okay because really learning is life and life is learning you can learn all the time and you don't have to be in the books to do it Wield your freedoms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Use your freedoms. If you've got the freedom to homeschool and do things your way, then why aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's beautiful when you figure that out, because then you know it's your own and you own it and your kids own it. And it's not somebody else telling you how to do it. And if you are directed, and it's actually the same thing that I say in one of my courses is, what do you really want your kids to know? Because you get to decide what is the education for this child. I learned that the Latin derivative of education is educato, might be pronouncing mm -hmm. that wrong, but it means to raise up. Educato, education, it means to raise up and raise up what? Like a school system, you know, a program, a subject, uh, you know, a child that can do standardized testing, or is it a specific child so that they can grow up so they have an internal sense of purpose, that they know that what they're doing is what they were meant to be here for, so they can bless other communities or, or sorry, bless their community, or bless their family or be part of something they were meant to do. And I think if the purpose is to raise up that child, then you have to ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing in your homeschools? Is it mm -hmm. serving that purpose? Is it serving your child? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so true. I think and honestly, the number one thing on my list is instilling a love for God, but also drawing out their gifting and passions and helping them to see what they're good at, what they love. And not putting them in a box. Like, I'm not, I don't want to say, you should be a doctor. I don't want to put them in a box. I just want to draw out those things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, 
the reality is it is exactly like that. It's trying to figure out who are you anyways. And they're in the process when they get to a certain age where they also start to get an awareness of what I'm about or what direction I want to go. And it's not always the same. When they're 18, they're often asked, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And like you said, most of us don't actually follow through with the thing that we thought we were going to do then. And we still continue to shift even when we are 47, like I am, and we continue to shift. So then when they're six and we're trying to figure out who are you and what do you need for an education, we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to have it all packaged properly. It's partly us just giving them as much as we're able to, to, you know, an environment that's rich in potential learning. But that doesn't take a lot. You know, a, a library card. If you're online, you've got the world right available to you. But you also have that if you have a library card or if you're sharing curriculum or resources or it's really not that hard to do learning and you don't have to have all those things to make a real education either. But mm -hmm. if the goal is for unraveling that child, there's a million and one ways to help encourage that, but there's no exact formula for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. There isn't an exact formula. I wish there were. Wouldn't that be easier? <laughs> yeah, it would. Or at least it would make us not doubt. That yeah. would be the thing. But, you know, there's something really interesting because I always say, let's turn our challenges into charms. And someone reminded me, but ch the challenge itself is kind of sweet, too, because it gives us something to work towards. Just like you had shared the last time we chatted that you did marathons like, wow. <laughs> so I say marathon. I would I would just like to get on the elliptical again. I'm not going to do a marathon, but I'm in awe of doing a marathon. That's a big deal. And that is kind of what's going on in our homeschool world is that we are running a marathon. It's just a really, 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 really long marathon. <laughs> it is. And I love, I think it, that's one of the things I love about running. You can relate it to life in so many different ways, but it is like running a marathon and there's so much anticipation in the beginning, like at the start line, you're like, can I do this? Am I going to make it? Am I going to pass out in the middle or what am I going to, you know, how is this going to go? Cause you never know. I mean, you can prepare all you want, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to know what op you're not going to know what obstacles are going to come because there's always a detour or a wall or something that you have to get through. And I feel like that's the same with homeschool. And the thing about it is um, the finish line, when you get to the finish line, you're done. Right. And so it's like the process itself is way longer than crossing the finish line. And so that is the process is that refinement. It is the struggle in a way. It's figuring things out. And honestly, in life, we probably never actually get to the finish line um, because we don't ever we're not perfect. We're not called to perfection. We will never be. So we will never arrive. And if you think you've arrived, then you are wrong. <laughs> so it's just, it's a progression and it's when you get, or I think about like when you climb a mountain, when you get the summit, you're only there for a short time, but it was that whole travel up that took forever. That was your learning process. And so you can look back and go, oh my goodness, look how much I changed or look how much I grew. And that's, I think that's the beauty in, um, in the actual being in the thick of it, you know, or in the struggle. Yes, it's painful in the moment, but once you get to the other side, you can look back and say, all right, I can now help others through that, or I'm stronger and I can make it through the next one. 
And even all the memories, I actually wrote a post on Instagram not very long ago about this exact thing, because Mm -hmm. I've got one child that's left home. I have a second one that's leaving this year. And I can see the big scope now. I've got four kids, so I still have two at home. But I still see, wow, this is really happening. They're leaving. They're going to be more independent. And that's just as it's supposed to be, even though there's grieving in that. Mm-hmm. but but there's like I see the bigger picture and I go okay all of the mess and all of the challenge and all of the stuff that I was like could I just not have the challenge and, and just have all the sweet memories where we're just sitting on the couch with our read-alouds and we're just going outside to do nature journaling and all of that um it wouldn't have been as sweet if it didn't have all the challenge it wouldn't and mm-hmm. it it just wouldn't. I don't know what to say other than I want to say, no, it's not cliche. You'll know when you get there. Because when you when you see that, when you start seeing them be developing that independence and you start doing things outside of the homeschool mom role and you look back on your stories and go, wow, that was an amazing life. All of it was an amazing life. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I think, and I think last time we talked, I, <laughs> I was talking about how you need to be taught, you need to share some of that because what I'm learning is I'm learning that we need to hold our kids loosely because they really aren't our own and eventually they leave the nest. And um, I think sometimes we can cling to being a mom and we can cling to, or we can live vicariously through them or all of the things. And I think um, we have to remember that they are not ours. They're ours to take care of. They're ours to help raise up, but we need to hold loosely because um, they eventually do become their own person. They are becoming their own person. And um, we can't, I, I heard somebody uh, a speaker once say, you can't take the credit for all the good that your kids do. And you also can't take the credit for the bad. And so they are their own person and they make their own choices. And we just have to pray that we raise them well enough for them to leave and do what they're called to do. And, um, but I think it would be fun to hear your journey and how you've done that and held them loosely because now you have seen them leave the nest and um, be that become their own you know? Yeah, that is, that is an interesting story. But you know, when you say that, I think that is the second most challenging thing of homeschooling for me has been (laughs) to recognize that I am not in control. And it isn't like I said, I'm a mom, so I'm signing up for control. It's I am a mom. So therefore, I do everything for my kids. And I'm going to love them. And I'm going to nurture them and whatever they need. That was me. And because I'm doing all of that, I'm going to reap so much joy from that and everything is going to be beautiful and it's going to be a happily ever after story. And then it isn't. And Uh start doing things that you're like, wait, you're two years old and you've locked me out of the house so you can get into the pantry (laughs) to steal the bag of marshmallows. This actually happened. And that was the first story with my very independent firstborn and and you know I'm not going to recount all the stories but I will say this that definitely my firstborn was your last born Mm -hmm. and I got all sorts of stories but really (laughs) they're stories that have taught me that so I was placed in the world to be this this child's mother and she was placed in this world to be my daughter and I have learned and continue to learn so many things 
because I have had to, she's required me. She's so independent right from the get-go. She required me to say, nope, I'm separate. I am going to do things differently. And I think differently. And it's not about you having infused me with all the right things and always have done everything the right way. It is, I am different. I am separate. And so really my training was because of that firstborn. And then I could hold it a, a bit more loosely because I still wanted to be in relationship with her, even when there were times that I truly did not think that she was making the right choice in certain things. Mm-hmm. She taught me how to un- unconditionally love mm-hmm. because a mama's heart always wants to love her kids no matter what. And there's certain moments that I genuinely thought, nope, this is the wrong choice. And it broke my heart. And yet I still love and want to be in close relationship so then that was what trained me Mm. that was hard stuff trains us right oh yeah so lucky for the other kids I would say because my last born is also pretty independent and pretty strong-headed and not always very sensitive and not always very kind um can be very respectful and also can very much not be and so then he actually has a different mom than my firstborn did because my first reaction just like most moms of kids that have kind of oppositional experiences Mm -hmm. is to to fight (laughs) to the end and to say you will do what I say and that was my approach and it was not helpful or relational Mm -hmm. or to be barreled over by them and at times I think I was as well but either barreled over no boundaries or you will do what I say under all you know in under any scenario and neither of those are very helpful but being proactive recognizing when you're constantly having this scenario play out with a specific child you're going to have to decide how you're going to engage this coming from your best self hoping for the best outcome knowing it's not going to happen all the time because this kid is still developing and they're still growing their prefrontal cortex is not quite ready yet for your (laughs) adult approaches. And so therefore you're going to have to give some grace there, but it trained me too, just as much as me having to give grace to her. I also have been more trained to accept they really are separate human beings and you're going to have to hold it lightly and maybe enjoy the whole bittersweet thing because this is it. This is it. So you better enjoy the moment. Yeah, that's so true, man. We got to enjoy the journey because if we are too into the past or we're too into the future, we miss out on actual today. And that's the, today is the beautiful part. That's the part where we're actually in being present. And so, yeah, I love it. That's that's such good advice. And I think it's the fact that they are different and that even when we parent, we almost parent each kid differently because they're so different. But man, it's taken, I still have, I'm still not there. I still don't really understand how to parent. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. There's no real book or real guide Um, (laughs) and, or there's no real book or real guide to homeschooling either. There's just ways that people have done it that we have to kind of just learn and we learn by our mistakes. And it's the same thing with our kids. We want to teach them to learn from their mistakes. You know, we want to teach them that failure is inevitable and it's good. And I feel like I fail so much more than I win, but that's really how people become successful. They fail. They are willing to fail more and they're willing to not just quit. They just keep finding different ways until one works. And I think that's kind of the way parenting goes. 
that reminds me of the Brene Brown quote, the reason why she, um, she surrendered to the story that she had to learn from about vulnerability was the Theodore Roosevelt quote, where you want to learn, you want to be successful or do something in your life, you're going to have to get in the ring and fail and mm-hmm. keep getting in the ring no matter what happens and no matter how you get criticized, but keep showing up. And yeah, it's, it's challenging as a homeschool parent. I think it is challenging because we're constantly facing all this stuff. Like you said earlier, we don't have a time for, Hey, now you get to have a vacation. <laughs> I mean, nobody's getting a vacation these days, but right, that's true. You, get, you get to have a vacation away from this for a little while and get perspective. Your best bet is that you went to the grocery store alone for an hour. <laughs> you know. <laughs> fun or you actually made it on the toilet for 15 minutes by yourself (laughs) yeah which like I don't think literally has ever happened for me but you know I lost track (laughs) I'm like so okay I'll just laugh at myself I literally forget what I said okay we were talking about grocery stores and bathrooms (laughs) Yes, classic stuff. You know, you, I just absolutely love talking with you. It feels like we, we've been on similar journeys. And just like you said, there's no guidebook. There's no, there are guidebooks. There are parenting books. There's homeschooling books. I have them too. I actually have the how to homeschool course. And somebody asked me at one point when I advertised that a few weeks ago, that so are you saying that you're an unschooling or are you this and I'm like oh no 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 it's not that how to homeschool kind of course I'm here just to give you clarity and confidence and vision to do it your way because I genuinely think there's no perfect way to do it there's no formula there's just let me help you be certain that how you're doing this is what feels right right now until it isn't and then you learn the next thing and then you figure out the next thing and yeah, there's no there's no perfect way to do anything parenting wise or homeschooling wise. Kind of just surrender to the acceptance that this is your life. This is your growth curve. This is your opportunity to experience the many facets and freedoms of your family. And it really is a lovely way to experience family life, homeschooling. Yeah, for sure. And I think having these conversations and maybe why these conversations are so fruitful is that we realize we're just not alone, right. that we have similar journeys and that everyone has their own struggles and it's okay to have those struggles and it's okay to have these conversations. Like, yes, I just think that's why community is so huge. That's why we need our people. And we well, need to develop that community moving from one, one place to another in the middle of COVID, like in the middle of this year, that, that is a lot. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm thankful for my community back in Minnesota because I made some strong relationships there. And so I still am connected with a few of them. So that's been my kind of um, community in this light of this, because we didn't end up moving. My oldest is in a community um, for once a week, but my others, we decided to step away and not do one because I didn't. I wasn't, I, we couldn't visit them. We couldn't see what they're like and kind of find the right fit. And I felt like I needed to simplify and just take this year to decide what we needed to do. And so I feel like I don't have a whole lot of community here yet, but because I've grown bonds with other people, uh, they've become my people still. 
And um, thankfully, another homeschool mom moved from Hawaii to here and we connected online. It's so cool. I never thought you could actually connect online. I mean, you and I connected online and I've made some of my best friends now are from those relationships, from just growing relationships online. And now her younger two boys are my youngest besties and they don't live really near. So we don't get together very often, but we talk a lot. And it's like, I have that camaraderie and I have that person that I know that I can vent to when I need to. And I think that's what we need. We need those people we can lean on, that we can have the good and the bad and not have to feel like we have to cover up or be someone we're not and do all these things. Like really understand because when you tell that, when you tell your struggles, they, other people will open up too. And you'll just, like I said, you realize you're not alone Yes, and we can walk it together. Yeah. My husband has said that to me so many times throughout the years. Like, how are these people telling you all this private stuff? (laughs) Well, there's the difference between you and me, honey. I am an Enneagram type too. So (laughs) anybody will tell me stuff because I'm open and I'm vulnerable, maybe to a fault, but especially on this episode. (laughs) Uh I love it. But I think that's where people relate. And that's where, I mean, that's why they're drawn to you because you're yeah. not, you don't have to hide anything. You're willing to share I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> you can share your faults. You can share your wins and it just becomes that, that beautiful, um, almost beautiful mess. Like I feel like uh, our messes can become our message and things like that. So, but it can't if we're not willing to share it. So Tell me where we can find you online and what you offer other homeschool moms. Sure. So you can find me on www.redhotmindset.com. And you can also find me on Instagram or Facebook under Gabe Cox or Red Hot Mindset. So my Facebook, I changed to both. So you should be able to find it pretty easily. But what I offer is I do a lot of, I have my own podcast called Red Hot Mindset And I do uh, Thursday tidbits where we talk about a few tangible tips that you can implement into your life immediately. My goal is to help with productivity and spiritual growth so that you can live intentionally. That's my goal. And uh, I also have a free course called Uniquely You. And it's really had mindset and trying and figuring out who you are based on who Christ tells you you are. And I think it helps draw out um, your giftings and your passions. So if you've lost your, um, how your ideas of how to dream, if you've lost who you are in the midst of homeschooling or motherhood, that's what this course will help draw out again. It'll help draw out some dreams and vision for your life um, along with being a mom. And because I think that is one of the, that's probably the most special role you could ever have is being a mom. That bond is, the dads don't understand that bond. That bond is so different. Like unconditional love, as soon as that baby came out, we knew what unconditional love was, but it's also understanding who we are so that we can be used um, for the greater, for the greater good and the greater calling that God has for us. So, and you can find that just on my website. So before we finish up, which I clearly don't want to do because this is a much longer conversation than we normally even have, uh, I was going to ask you three fun questions. Okay. Every time I have asked someone this question, they have answered the same thing. And this might be the last time I ask it because it's almost getting cliche me asking it, but I'm dying to know, what do you do on a Friday night? <laughs> um, I'm lame. <laughs> 
So we have pizza night. Well, it's not always pizza night, but most of the time Friday night is pizza night and movie night with yep. our band. Yep. Okay. I will not ask that question again. <laughs> I literally have not heard another answer. <laughs> I wish I could tell you something cool. And like, I was a cool mom. We went out and did really cool things or I had my time to myself or a date night, but nope, it's just what we do. That's awesome. Me too, by the way. In fact, I even insist on it that, listen, I am watching some dramatic film that I know none of you want to watch. It might even have some French subtitles underneath or some <laughs> sort of subtitles. And that usually is the reason nobody will watch it with me, but I'm with you. That's exactly what I'm doing. What's on your bookshelf right now? So I am actually reading quite a few books at the moment, but I am reading Believe It by Jamie Lima or Jamie Kern Lima. Lima. She's the It Cosmetics CEO, um, but it tells her story of believing in herself and going from, if we talk about failure, she failed way more than anybody I know um, in order to get where she wanted. So it's really, really a good book. Um, I'm still reading Wild and Free. The home, I highly recommend it. It's super good. I can't remember who wrote it, but I'm, I am reading Arbonne. it. Yes. Or yeah. Yes. Yep. Homeschool book. Um, so fun. And then I am also reading Brave New World. And I can't remember who wrote that. I'm really terrible with author names, but um, it's a fiction book and it's kind of almost, I don't know if I'd call it sci-fi, but it's about a world that is very... Um, created a created world and what it could look like future wise and it's I I'm telling you it's it's pretty interesting so check this out for sure so tell me um what would you say that your favorite fun self-care strategy is I always talk about mindset but we forget there are manicures in the world although you can't tell based on my hands (laughs) what would you say is a fun self-care strategy for you to be honest my fun self-care is running (laughs) I, I just, when I'm out running it, to me, it's my peaceful, tranquil time of self-care. But the other thing is hiking. Uh, for me, I guess active is my self-care, but I love hiking. I love mountains uh, and the beauty of it. Just being in nature is okay, when the borders open up, you have to come over here. Cause I know that we both have mountains and mm-hmm. we have that experience, but I, or I'll come your direction. Cause I really love it as well. It's, it's yeah. to I look forward have to, to walking do- again. <laughs> yes, I know. And we, we might have to do both because I've heard um, the Rockies here are completely different than in Canada, like just a different uh-huh. atmosphere, different view. So yeah. yeah. And actually, I'm not in the Rocky Mountains, although I'm very familiar with them as a yeah. Burton. But yeah, they are very grand, very large. That's how yeah. I, I think of them. Beautiful. Yeah. And you'll be walking sooner than you know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I tried yesterday and then I was quite discouraged that, in fact, no, one week is not enough <laughs> that mm-hmm. I could not walk. Yeah. Take it as a it's so hard, but take it as a time of just slow and enjoying it. it. I suppose the whole last year has been kind of been that. So (laughs) do you know, I actually released an unslump the slump month vision challenge for people on the same day this happened. And I was like, nice. Uh (laughs) I shall slump in every seat in the house. (laughs) I think it's funny because the things we teach on are the things we have to practice most. Always. In fact, I actually think we write them or we speak them because we need to learn them. Probably. Other people are joining long. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, it is always a pleasure to chat with you. And I'd love to do this again, by the way. This would be yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, Teresa, this has been so fun. Thanks for having me Thanks and for letting me share. So we could, I, yeah, we could talk for a long time. And I think we will. Yeah. 
Thank you for joining me today. I would love to hear more about who you are, so come on over to my Facebook or Instagram page, Homeschool Mama Self-Care. I've recently opened a Homeschool Mama support group with the intention of supporting and encouraging you on your homeschool journey, and also hoping that you would want to encourage and support other Homeschool Mamas too. While you're there, you can check out the release of my new book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. I've been really grateful for all of the positive feedback, but even more grateful in how it's impacting and encouraging the homeschool mom. You'll also find the show notes and links to everything you've heard in this episode at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this podcast with your homeschool mama friends. When you rate and review this podcast, you're helping other moms find me. Until next time, I wish you and your kids a charmed week. Unless you're having one of those weeks, then I wish that you can turn all your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms.